The band's back together. Ivor is back. Door just doesn't care. And Josh brings doo-doo apps. On this week's episode of Android App Addicts number 567... Welcome to Android App Addicts, everybody. This is episode 567. I'm talking to you directly from the country of New Zealand, where it is a beautiful day here today. And I am live with the door-to-door geek, Steve McLaughlin, and my Canadian host, Josh Dennis. Dennis? Dennis? Penis? What's your last name? Dennis will work. (laughs) Dennis. (laughs) Just wanted to be sure how to pronounce that. How you doing, door? I'm doing good. I'm I'm definitely in a lot less pain than I was in the last couple months. Um, it's miraculous. You actually listen to a doctor, and it seems like things actually get better. Who knew? Fantastic. <clears throat> That's good to hear, mate. Um, and you, Josh, how, how's the family been? It's been expanding in within our home, so it's been a it's been interesting. We'll just leave it at that. Family's expanding. Um, things are good. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, our... that, is that a news announcement? We're having another one. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the in laws moved in. Oh, that's base, right. Yes, basement yes. suite. So we're doing that. Sorry, it's been um, a while. Yeah, true. But it's good to have you back. Um, but uh, yeah, we also like to thank Eric Sarah for sponsoring this episode of Android App Addicts. And if yes, you I'm want just about to, to get to that, <laughs> thanks. <Tom. laughs> Eric Sarat, yes, he's our um, sponsor today. Thank you very much. Where does Eric come from? Mark. Mark, Mark. Sorry. he's the uh, Eric, watch. Not Eric, not Mark. Mark, not Eric. Sorry. Watch face guy. Watch face guy. And where's he from? Do we know? Uh, I believe he's from America. I think he might be from Southeastern, maybe, possibly. Like Carolina, possibly, I think. Ah, never been there. Hopefully one day I will. Anyway, this is Android App Addicts. So we talk about some apps. What do you got for us in the news, Dor? Um. Well, I'll say this in the news. I'm okay with uh, starting with a, a, a I'll just say, hot news topic um, kind of thing. Um, the like, first thing is I had to mention Podcast Addict. Um, and I understand anybody out there who has mixed feelings. I understand anybody out there who gets nervous and sketchy when you hear this kind of thing. But it's the kind of thing that's going to have to happen sooner or later, no matter what anybody thinks, wants, feels, or believes. Um, Xavier, the creator of Podcast Addict, decided that he's going to add a subscription model for users, okay? To where you can opt in straight from the app to donate a dollar a month or I think it was $10 a year if you go for a year at a time. Um, I understand anybody who feels vexed about such a thing. At the same time, I don't care what you think. Um, I got the new version of the app and guess what? Nothing changed. I didn't even know the subscription was there if I didn't go looking for it. So anybody complaining about this, in my humble opinion, is literally sitting on the sidelines, not interacting with any other piece of software or anything else. And if you don't want to give him money, don't. At the same token, don't complain about your podcast player of choice not fulfilling your needs. Okay. I'm going to happily, I already donate a dollar a month to him on Patreon. I'm going to donate another dollar a month to him through the app because I get that much usage out of this application is my you know, belief. I agree 100% door. As soon as I saw that this was uh, a possibility, I donated or uh, 
started the subscription, which in Canada is actually a dollar twenty nine a month or thirteen twelve ninety nine a year. But um, yeah, it's well worth it. I mean, I use that app more than all my other apps combined by uh, easily. So yes, I would again to just sort of piggyback what you said about the subscription model when it first came out i was really opposed to it when you know um the microsoft office suite went to it and adobe and and just every other software suite has now gone to the subscription it's hard to just buy a product outright anymore it seems but for something like this i'm totally on board yeah, I mean, I think the developer makes a big difference. You look at Pocket Casts, which is the app that I was using for a long time. <clears throat> um, that had a lot of functionality. It was developed by some Australians. It was taken over by NPR and quickly went to crap. Um, and so when I switched to Podcast Addict, I thought, oh, instantly, this is so much so much nicer app. It uh, has a lot more features and functionality. <clears throat> and it's something you can spend a bit of time with um, going through finding new podcasts and things like that. I, um, I just really liked it. So when I saw this article from Dory, I just uh, signed up for the subscription. So now I just got to have to listen to, to all the podcasts that I uh, haven't caught up on the last couple of weeks. Oh, the, the, it, the worst thing you can do is fall behind in podcasts. It's a very bad feeling. Um, And uh, w the reason I was really against it, to go into a pigeonhole, the reason I was really against the Office 365 thing and the Adobe thing was there wasn't fair and equitable competition in that field. If you were using Office products, you had no choice. You had to use that Office product. If you were doing... If you were using Dreamweaver, there's a lot of other applications that say they can compete with Dreamweaver, but to be quite honest, they can't. Uh, same thing with Photoshop. There's only one Photoshop. Um, the main reason I'm okay with paying a subscription to this is there's so much competition out there when it comes to podcast players. Whether you're still on Dogcatcher, whether you use Enum, 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 Enatena Pod, or whether you're still suffering with Pocketcast, uh, you know, there's always choices out there, at least today. Well, and then within yeah. podcast addicts as well, there's there's uh, so many choices. I don't know that I have any other apps on my phone that that have so, so many configuration options as that app. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the developer is actually cares about his product, and he's going to deliver a great product whether you pay anything for it or not. So the people like like us who appreciate a good product will actually give him money for it. Um, to say, hey, this is a really good app. We really enjoy using it, and um, we want to make sure you continue developing it. Um, I don't feel that way about Pocket Casts. Right. Well, and, well, and I'll say I do believe Podcast Addict has no feature, not a single feature behind a paywall. Everything you pay for is merely to support him. Um, if there is a feature behind a paywall, please let me know. I'm, I, I love it when I'm proven wrong because it gives me the opportunity to learn something. Hi, I'm Door to Door Geek. I'm not like other people. No, there, there's not door, and there's there's nothing behind a paywall, and even I, I'm pretty sure that he kept the other model as well of just give a one time payment to remove the ads, right? And so that's the only difference between the the free and the paid version is there's an ad banner, right? Well, there was another news topic we were going to jump in, but first I wanted to interject what I would consider to be a less important news article and something we'll get over quicker. Uh, and that is um, a collection of photos 
of the Surface Duo in the wild that was purposely leaked out in the open. They did it on purpose from Microsoft themselves showing pictures off of what the um, Duo looks like. Um, and then a couple um, independent journalist kind of sites got examples of the hardware, but the screens were instead transparent glass, which of course that makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? Um, I have such mixed feelings about this piece of hardware. Um, I'll just put it like that. I I, I don't have to worry about it because it's not going to be successful because it's $1,400. You know, they might sell a hundred thousand of these in the entire world if they're lucky. Um, but I will say either way, it is still an interesting device. I am fascinated at they're still making a selling feature that there's two individual screens with a negative space down the middle where the fold is. Um, they're making that a selling feature. Yeah, what is, what's your reaction <clears throat> to the new phone, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. I, it looks like it would be good for reading ebooks, where you'd have like you can have that bifold you know, solid, uh, tangible book feel and you could read one page and then over the way and swipe to the next page. But other than that, uh, looks like it, I don't know, man, it's 1400 bucks. No, thanks. I'm out. <laughs> 1400 bucks. Uh, doesn't have NFC either. Does it? You can't use, I don't believe it does. Google pay or anything like that. Which is a yeah, and problem for me. And to me, it just seems too tiny. Um, there was a color um, e-ink um, e-paper thing that was just released. There was a foldable e-ink thing that was just released that is like, you know, tablet-sized almost. To have this device be foldable and then when it's opened up, it's still so lacking. I mean, because if you take a look at the pictures that are leaked, when the people are holding it in their hands, it is not a large device at all. I mean, this is still like three times smaller than your netbook screen. So I don't see when it's expanded, you get really any true added functionality that you'll be comfortable with looking at for more than three minutes. Maybe. Are you talking about the other, you sent me the link of the, uh, it was like a sheet of paper basically. Um, yeah, that was the e-ink one. Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that one to me oh, that was could be used more or functional, even if the bezels are like an inch and a half. But that was also $400 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, with e-ink, I think my cheeky, comment, yeah. my cheeky comment on that was, what's wrong with the piece of paper? <laughs> well, with the e-ink display that was foldable, you could actually uh, open up a PDF and annotate right on top of it and save it as a single document, which like I thought was kind of cool for like technical documents. <laughs> no, you can't open up a PDF on a piece of paper. You absolutely can't. Unless you want to spend... Hundreds of dollars on a printer, and then every three yeah, months, I can, I can spend get a piece of paper and a pen, and I can write on it. That's my annotation. I can write on a piece of paper, yeah. and I can save it by Not putting on a PDF. it in a folder. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I can scan it to a PDF, I suppose. Then you have to have a printer and a scanner. Then you have to have a printer. Now you're spending even more. <laughs> I the only thing I have with moving parts that I put up with is my 3D printer. Every printer I've ever had, either the heads dry out or something goes wrong, where it dies early, except for an HP LaserJet 4, which I had for about 10 years. That thing worked like a like a racehorse until, of course, shot in the head. <laughs> mm. But that was know. good. I think we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what um, hacks people come up with for the for the duo. <clears throat> it's like the, oh, then there's going to be no take, hacks for it. It'll be five seconds before someone puts Linux on it. No, there's not. Really? 
No, it is extremely difficult to put Linux on a Microsoft Surface. And when you do, half the stuff doesn't work. This is going to be even more locked down. I have no problem saying that. Now, the Neo, I would say, would have more more of a possibility. And that's really? the uh, Chromebook-like uh, yeah, that's the, device. that's the bigger one. That's the netbook. But with the Duo, I would have thought being a, an Android device, you would still have um, that uh, accessibility. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 10 years ago, but in 2020, I, I, the amount of phones that are ROMable has diminished is the way that I'll put it. Yes, yes, that was evident even back in 2011. They don't like um, carriers don't like people hacking. Right. Mm. And so now to jump to the last news topic, I'm going to do it backwards though, if that's okay. Um, there is a flood of apps that have been coming out uh, from India. Um, this is an example of one in the chat. It's called Do Do Drop, which I am sorry. I love the name. Um, so in the long, and the short of it is there's been a number of apps. We here in the United States keep hearing about TikTok might be banned. TikTok might be banned. TikTok might be banned, whatever. In India, they've banned, I want to say it's over 90 applications from their app store. Um, thus you have Indian developers. Typically they're like between 17 and 20 years old that are finding their app is no longer accessible. So let me just develop my own version of it. Um, Here's an example of one that um, they said replaced one of the apps that was uh, banned. It's called Doodoo Drop Secure File Transfer. Right in the title, it says Made in India. So they're literally putting that flag up to their country, telling them that this is safe to use because this is not Chinese. Um, made by Doodoo Inc. Productivity app, 922 reviews, E for everyone, completely free to install. No in-app ads, no in-app purchases, 4.0 average reviews, updated August 11, 2020, 12 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs, current version 11. Wow. Uh, re- all you need is 5.0 Android and up content rating, E for everyone, permission levels. It's going to need location, phone, photo, storage, camera, Wi-Fi, device, and a couple other ones. Um, but this is part of a broader issue. And the word trust, I I firmly honestly believe is an incredibly hard word to actually define because everybody takes it as meaning something else in the world. But it comes down to India is now not trusting China. The question is, does anybody else should anybody else? And you know, if they, if it is changing, how long will it last? I, I, I don't know. Well, we're seeing China drift further and further away from the West. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before we, I think we've got it already. It's basically the Chinese version of Android versus the. I think it's there to stay. Well, I, I'll say, I, everybody thought in 1918 the world was going to change forever, and there's a reason why the 1920s are called the Roaring Twenties, um, because it turned out no one cared, and as long as everything in air quotes went back to normal, nobody cared. Um, China's main motive seems to be profit-driven. Um, because, you know, we now have had the, uh, daughter of the executive from Huawei locked up for almost a year. And we, the people in the public sphere still have no evidence whatsoever that anything was actually done bad. It literally seems like I'm in high school again and someone's getting bullied. Um, I'm not going to say bullying is not without cause. I'm not going to say the bullying hasn't been because of retribution kind of things pushing back. Um, I just know if I see a 
app created in the United States of America. I know that FISA courts can get anything out of that application without my permission. So I don't trust an app made in the United States of America that I don't have the actual source code to. Um, so I'll take it one step further. Um, uh, first off, I like, I like the, the, the doo-doo drop, but I think Dora might be Dodo as the bird Dodo drop. Um, and doo-doo ink would be something that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> but as what you're, what you're talking about, I still have a Huawei phone and I'm not bothered about what is the data that's being taken, whether that's naive of me or not. Um, and to shut down Chinese apps from, from the U S I mean, it's the prerogative, I guess, you know, I'm sure that they aren't allowing <laughs> apps made in the United States over there. And then the, the daughter of the Huawei executive, I believe she's still in Canada as well. So the, yep. yeah. So that is also an, an interesting tie between the United States and Canada. And I don't, I guess just the, the Canadian government kowtowing to the, the U S government, as far as extradition of, of uh, a Chinese national. Although I think she might have just, I don't know if she has permanent residency, maybe in Canada, but she was, she was trying to get it when all this went down. Yeah. I mean, I don't trust anybody outright without question. You know what I mean? doesn't matter. Sweden, Canada, Mexico, China, Aussies, Kiwis, anybody. Part of it is I think you have to be aware with what you're sharing with what. And that's where I think far too many users don't actually comprehend what's going on. Um, I think we need huge data breaches. I think we need countries exploiting billions of people openly for uh, any amount of people to actually stop and say, well, let me take a look at this device and let me care what's going on on it. Um, and then I think we'll all, and once that rudder moves over and once the ship gets turned, it's not going to go back for a while. Then we will start to care about privacy. And to be honest, um, computing in America has already been through this where the only solution to privacy is openness. Open source is the key towards privacy. If you don't have an open piece of software that other people can examine running on your device, then you have no idea what's going on. Openness is privacy. No, <laughs> openness enables privacy. It doesn't mean it's open, but it can be. Because if it's closed, you can guarantee somebody has, has a backdoor to it. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I'll say, <clears throat> sorry. Sorry, no, you carry on. No, I was going to say, and, and, and with all of the hubbub bub kind of stuff going on about this country's evil, that country's evil, this product's evil, whatever, whatever. Huawei recorded their um, best-selling quarter in Q2 in the history of their company. They beat out every other phone manufacturer in the world this second quarter of this year, even though they're embargoed and they're not being able to be sold in other places. Now the question is, is this literally just nationalist behavior in China where the, the locals want to support their company or is it something bigger? Um, I'm not going to claim I know, but I will just say it like this. Dollar for dollar, I have only had one phone I consider to be even in the same realm as my Huawei and Honor phones, and that was my OnePlus One. Yep, yep. In this um, article that you linked, 
um, Samsung is obviously number two in the world, and it says that that it only has a one percent market share in China. That is insane. Samsung. Well, no, no, that's because it's Korean. Sam, uh, China and South Korea yeah, are not friends. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about not liking each other? Um, that's you, it's, it's hard to get pretty much more hatred between two countries than those two. Um, I mean. Nintendos aren't even allowed to be sold in China, and they're from Japan. And China doesn't like South Korea like ten times more. It's just such a small number. Yeah, but there's a lot of um, Samsung phones being actually manufactured in China, or a lot of the parts in Sam- Samsung phones oh, yeah. are manufactured in China. So Samsung oh, yeah. still does rely on China. But to me, I think some people think that there is a moral decision involved in buying Chinese products, and I think that is becoming ever more clear. Um, tech guys usually we try and avoid moral issues with products. We really only clear it, care about the technology. But I think more and more people are realizing there's a moral issue to take here, particularly as we see more and more stuff about Uyghurs being put into concentration camps, all this sort of political stuff mm-hmm. that's going on. Let's not forget. Now, I don't want to piss anybody off, but China is a communist dictatorship. The only reason mm-hmm. it has the power, economic power it has is because it opened up its economic zones to capitalism and free markets. So it has a limited form of economic freedom, but everything else is a communist dictatorship. So just off the bat, if you think about dealing with China, you're dealing with a communist dictatorship. And some people like communist dictatorships. That is not a philosophy that I like. So well, more and more for me, China purchasing from China becomes a moral issue. So um, Nobody likes a communist dictatorship except for the people in charge, because if they did, they would move there. Exactly. Exactly, and they're and they're not moving there. Um, and, 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 and if that makes anyone mad, then they're then they're just mad at facts because that's just truth. Exactly. So for me, I'm not going to be buying. I'm going to be buying as little Chinese product from now on as I possibly can. Well, I got bad news for you, man. <laughs> I've had I, I've had three people that I consider to be smarter than me. One of them, uh, I'll say his name. His, we call him Zok. Um, said him and his wife said that's it we're done this was like four months ago we're done we're not gonna our next phone will not have anything from china in it good luck (laughs) after after over i want to say it was 800 hours of research now between everybody i know it's more than 2,000 hours of research and every single one of them gave up and said never mind if i can't it's impossible i have to have a certain percentage of my money that i'm buying this phone to end up in china now the story goes like this: <clears throat> Gather around, chilling. Milton Freeman stole a um, a, 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 a part of his talk from someone else. I can't remember who it is. Where he would explain the pencil, the normal number two pencil exists because you have people with completely contradictory ideologies and beliefs working in a free market system, to where the eraser could have came from a Muslim, the little brass ring could have came from a Jewish township. The wood could have came from a Nordic tribe, for all we know. The lead could have came from, which of course it isn't lead, it's graphite, could have came from South uh, 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 America. Yet, in the name of the almighty dollar and their own benefit, they would work together to make this product to be sold. In 2020, the same thing is said for a smartphone. Um, It comes from everywhere around the world. You cannot, if you even try to exclude Thailand from your phone, you can't do it. It's impossible. If you want to exclude the United States from your phone, you can't do it. Um, 
all you can try to do is minimize your like choice. And I will say, uh, Asus is one of the companies who I do believe tries to take more of a proactive, we don't love you China stance. The other company is Motorola. Um, I would like more companies to make more choices based upon people's human rights and freedoms, but that doesn't seem to be a popular thing. Well, I think um, a lot of manufacturing and processing of consumer goods is going to move out of China. It's going to go to places like maybe India or the South Pacific, or no, no. it might be coming into, back to America. Thailand, no. Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia just got a 300% boost in the last uh, eight months in manufacturing. I have one question about this. Do you think that a number two pencil has doo-doo ink? <laughs> it very well could. Very well could. Um, and yeah, I mean, the only constant is change. Um, like the example I give is when you used to call, uh, have a call from help desk support, it was always that stereotypical Indian guy who answered the phone. Uh, India got too expensive for us to outsource to. So now, quite literally, a huge percentage of the offshore help desk support coming from the United States is actually Africa. Okay, China is becoming, yeah, um, did that too. Um, but China is becoming too expensive to manufacture in. Um, the number of poor people who have risen out of poverty in China to a living wage is enormous, and because of that, now manufacturers are starting to go to places like Indonesia, Indochina. Thailand, Vietnam, and there was like two or three other countries over there that have seen really big booms. Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then it's just a question of then the goals shift. You know what I mean? Because who's to say those, any of those countries are any better? Well, and then there's also the point, there's also the point of, is that necessarily a bad thing? You know, if you are getting everything manufactured in China, sands the the communism and and all of that if you're getting it made in china and then it becomes too expensive in china does that mean that that the the lower class is now becoming the middle class and is that actually supporting the economy of a country and then when you move it to thailand or malaysia or vietnam then is that eventually going to happen as well where you're bringing up the the lower class into more of a middle class standard right well some people say that we're taking advantage of those people right now by having them produce the goods because we're not willing to pay enough money. But if they keep doing it, it will be a benefit to their economy. I'll tell you one thing I'm very interested in now is a Linux phone. I want to try it out, see if I can have it as a daily driver. There you go. The old Pine phone. Is that the Pine phone? Yeah, this is the Pine phone. I believe it's the second edition. I believe they're on their third or fourth edition of them. Um, me, I'm a high... I'm a Linux weenie. Um, I've been a Linux weenie for a while. I used to be the guy who was the advocate who would like frown upon, you run Windows? You must not know how computers work. (laughs) Kind of mentality. Um, I'm past that. I'm older. The truth of the truth is this phone is freaking awesome. There's a lot it can do. Considering how young this platform is, there is a lot it can do. With that stated, I don't think it has the possibility to be a end user. The old saying in the Linux world was, can your grandma use it? Okay. Um, and the question is, when will that be a possibility? And to be honest, probably not for at least, I'm being really generous, I think, two to three years. Uh, we're going to need hardware revs. 
We're going to need kernel revs. We're going to need developers to jump in and figure out ways to basically minimize the amount of work, maximize the amount of output on the screen to where stuff works. Um, The one place where it's right now extremely lacking, I have no problem saying this out loud, is battery performance. Um, Samsung, Qualcomm, um, all those companies have billions of dollars set aside to where they can easily slice off $20,000, $40,000 a year and have somebody really smart just sit in the back and work on GPU battery optimizations, things like that, to really, like, take like 10% more battery, 10% more battery life and just keep stretching it out to where now there are devices out there that can actually last an entire day. Um, with the Lennox phone, if you use it with any regularity, you better have a charger within reach in under like, I want to say six to eight hours. Um, so it, it's going to be better. And right now I say, if you want to support this to make it come quicker then you should buy yourself a Linux phone, but don't buy it expecting it to be on par with the other, you know, big boys. What do you do for app store? Is it, can you do a app install or what's the, uh, you can, I'll say, but it depends on what version that you run Uh link right there. That was in the notes. Put in the YouTube chat. It is to open-store.io. This is the public-facing mirror, I believe, of the actual Ubi ports, aka Ubuntu Touch, that isn't owned by Ubuntu anymore. This is their store, and this is all the apps that they offer. Um, over when you actually boot up the phone, I have the link for some reason. Looking at their Reddit apps, and I don't know why. Um, but there's only five apps listed, but you can see in the top corners of each one, some of them are web apps, AKA progressive web apps. And some of them are genuine installable apps. Um, I just like the fact that just like Google play, I can access this web store on my full desktop browser. That, that was the thing that actually caught me off guard. Well, I, I think that web apps is, is a, I mean, it's a perfect use case would be for something like this as well, especially starting out. Well, and there is one, and this is extremely beta, extremely beta post-market OS. You can flash on this phone or the newer phone, which has double the Ram. Um, and then you can run a N B O X. And then you can literally take Android APKs and install it on the phone. Now, not all APKs will work. The more of an APK that relies on having that Google services backbone, the less likely it's going to work. For instance, you'll never get Gmail to work. You'll never get Google apps to work. You'll never get uh, Google Play to work. You'll never get Gmail to work because they heavily rely on that Google Play services backend. So as long as you can live without Google services, you could actually survive quite well with a Pine phone. It's more than that. You don't have you you don't need the Google services, you don't need the Apple services, and you don't mind having apps that are just to be quite frank, not as polished as the other apps. Um But would that affect things like um signing in with a Google account? Would you be able to do that on a Pine If phone? the if the service enables it, like for instance, it does have Pocket Cast, the one that we nobody likes except for NPR. Uh Pocket Cast is available on it, and if Pocket Cast has the ability to let you log in with your Google account, then yes, you can. Oh, good. But it's not okay. up to the operating system. It's up to the individual app application. Yeah. And you can still install regular APKs, just download and install regular APKs. And if you right now use the post-market OS 
and install ANBOX, you can try to. Well, Eric in the chat is also uh, pimping the uh, Alcatel One Touch 535 pretty hard as well. And he says that uh, he has charged it three times in 30 years. And he said you can also use it to jumpstart a combine harvester. So, nice. so maybe we need to look a little more into that. You can stick it in your sock and fight off gang members in a prison yard fight. <laughs> Do that with your pine phone. <laughs> yeah, and, and like between us, just between us guys, I'm going to admit uh, for the last three days, I have not spent a lot of time on my pine phone because my open sesame distribution on my pine book pro laptop stopped working with my USB hub to my extra external monitor. So in the last two days, I've installed 20-ish operating systems to my Pinebook Pro to find one that works well with my external monitor. It, literally two hours before showtime, I got it working. So I'm happy. So starting tomorrow again, I can start playing with the Pine phone again. You know if it has a desktop mode, like Hawaii phones do? Uh, it will support certain USB docks. And then when you hook it up to the dock, uh, only two of the operating systems that I know of will give you a different display than what you see on your phone. I'm not going to call it desktop mode. I will call it different mode. Maybe in the future with enough polish, it could be a desktop mode because it's just Linux. I mean, you know. Because if you ask me, that's where we're going. We're going to phones, which you can just plug into a, a monitor, and that's your computer. That's what we'll be carrying around with well, us. No more laptops. Well, and the one I wished would have worked, to be honest, Ivor, between me and you is um, Postmarket OS on the Pine phone does Android APKs. I found out during this process there was also a Postmarket OS version for the Pinebook Pro. And what, was, what I was really hoping was I could install it on the Pinebook Pro, get a good desktop layout, install it on the Android device, and then make it to when I plug it up to a USB-C hub. That could be the display. But, you know... Uh, didn't work quite well yet. I don't know. I, I, I would quite enjoy the challenge of having to live day to day with a Linux phone, only a Linux phone, nothing else. I'm in. I'm that. in for sure. Um, Dora, it's how is it as far as just the uh, the smoothness? The uh, with two gigs of RAM, is it is it run pretty fast? Pretty. Um, it depends on in and this is sorry to get non-Android people, but it depends on what desktop you install. If you run Posh, which is the one that is out from the Prism people, it's semi-snappy. Um, Plasma Mobile runs kind of snappy. Plasma Desktop, a little bit slower. Gnome, definitely a little bit slower. Uh, there was an open box I ran that ran actually pretty snappy. Um, two of them, I'll say, I had to like tap and slide and then wait a half a second for it to react. Uh, UB ports, I will say, shockingly snappy. And maybe the best keyboard I've seen out of all of them. Um, but I will also say on the back of this, if you take the case off, which I will say is not... Oh, first try. Um, there's pins. I don't know if you guys remember what other phone yeah. had the availability of pins in the back. But it was that unbelievably non-essential, essential phone. Okay? Yeah, well, these guys do it too, and they already have a couple people making things like slide-out keyboards for the Pine uh, phone and extra pieces of hardware for it. Um, so this is gonna be good. I put, well, I'll put it like this: What is the right time to buy an Android phone? 
When the battery gets better, Tomorrow. better than it is now. No, no. Tomorrow. It's never the right time to buy one. Never. Because always in a day or two, something better is coming out. This is getting to be close to where if you don't buy one in the next two months, you might want to wait six months. Because they're 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 going to start leapfrogging their own technology here soon, and there's no doubt once this gets any traction, you're going to start to see, dare I say, on AliExpress or something, a whole bunch of these just being pumped out. And can you put any any desktop that you want on there? Can you? Can I'm not going to say any, but yes. I mean, can you put a XFS or F? Jeez. Yeah, you can put awesome on it. You can put i3. You can put anything on it. It just, it you know, it's just you won't be able to, to like use it on your little phone without like a mouse, external mouse hooked up or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've seen i3 running on it, awesome running on it, GNOME running on it, KDE Plasma, KDE Desktop running on it, um, Posh, uh, OpenBox, um, at least one or two more. Yeah, yeah. And here's here's what I'm gonna pimp out. If you want to listen to somebody who has more experience than myself with this device and unbelievably nice guy, you need to check out all one word, Linux Lug Cast, L-I-N-U-X-L-U-G-C-A-S-T. Uh, the guy's name is Honky Magoo, and he's had one for about a month, and he actually digs into it and plays with it. He knows more about it than I do. Yeah, what, what name is that? Honky Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it like this. When I met him in Boston at Northeast GNU Linux Fest, he said, I want to start doing something, but I think I have to change my name. I turned to him and gave him a look like, why? He said, well, because it's Honky Magoo. And I said, and he said, some people might call it, you know, might think it's offensive. I said, good. He was like, what? I said, if they find it offensive, maybe they'll listen to you more. I don't know, but don't change it. Jeez. Yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to get rid of that phone door, I'll send you my address. I was already told by Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. He's the guy who sent it here. Um, he he said, if you have it sitting on your desk for too long, please send it to somebody else who will use it. Because he said you know it was like sitting best? on his desk for a couple months. You know what I like best about it? You can take the back cover off. And How the many batteries. Can yeah. you do that these days? You can take the battery out, put a new one in, good to go. Well, I'll tell you this. It, it gets even more than that. Okay, Ivor, you can take the back cover off. You can take the battery out. You can take the SIM card out. You can take the micro SD card out. You can take a screwdriver, and you can easily take this thing apart down to everything, and you can replace any single one part you want to take. All the screws are there, and they have official documentation on their website how to take this thing apart piece by piece by piece by piece. So you reckon it would be easy to replace the, the screen? For me, no. For someone with good eyeballs, very easy, yes. All right. Well, this is uh, Linux Phone Addicts, so we're glad that you all joined us. (laughs) And Alcatel One Touch Addicts as well. Yeah, Yeah. I I would recommend anybody that wants to come out to the live chat um, Thursdays, 6 o'clock Pacific time, the only real legitimate time zone. What time? Six o'clock Pacific, the only legitimate time zone. I don't think I know what that means. The LG V10, it is the last phone I bought that has a removable back. And that was made in 2010. So, love that phone. It's a great phone. And it wasn't made in China. Very cool. <laughs> hey, Ivor, yeah. you've, been, you've been gone for a long time. Uh, do you have any apps that you want to bring? I do. 
I do. Is mm. it the the harbor boating app? Harbor boating app. He already brought that one. Where you were getting the shrimp <laughs> or the, the crabs? I know he did. At the seaport. Seaport, that's right. I'm up to level 588 on seaport at the moment. Jeez. <laughs> well, my wife is on 1500 and... Uh, what is it? Uh, Candy Crush. So I don't think I'm doing too badly. <laughs> share my screen. And share that. If, if you could, when you can see that coming up. Yep. So, first app. It's a pretty boring app, actually. This is uh, called Bill's Reminder. And um, basically what this does is it tells me, or you can see what my, what my um, bills are. There aren't very many interesting bills here. And I don't mind people seeing um, basically, it shows up with uh, <clears throat> the calendar, and where you have uh, a bill that's due, it shows up with the date on the calendar. Uh, and uh, every time you get a bill, you can just uh, use this floating action button to enter the bill, uh, put in the bill details. You can add attachments, so you can do a scanned copy of it. It's got all these options to add labels and stuff. When is the payment due? When do you want to be reminded of it? Etc. Etc. So you put all the details in there, and it shows up in your calendar. Uh, and um, I just find, find it tells you uh, what upcoming bills you have, gives them a list you can do by receivables and payables. Uh, you can do um, any overdue bills. So there's my life insurance payment. Slightly. Um, all the bills I've paid, all the bills that are unpaid, all these other options down here, labels, context group, all sorts of settings that you can use. Um, so okay. uh, really, I, uh, I see that. Uh, it's quite a simple little app. I see at least 20, 20 apps in here called Bill's Reminder. I'm going to oh, guess okay, it's sorry, a yes. green icon with a blue uh, center to it. Uh, it's a red icon with a white. And I'll just put the link in the in the chat. And can you, ten of them. Can you oh, use that as your, your primary calendar as well? Or does it sync um, with your calendar? Or like how does that part work? No, I haven't been able to get it to sync with my calendar. It does provide reminders. You can't use it as a as a primary calendar. It's not designed to be a calendar, um, and no, the the don't they don't come through to my to my regular calendar. That's its only real disadvantage. But other than that, it's a really handy little app to use. Keep track of what bills you need to pay. Um, other thing is, I couldn't share it with anyone either. Um, I can't share it with my wife, so she can see what what bills are. Well, that's the definition of security. Um... <laughs> the actual name is Bills Reminder Dash Track Payments and Store Receipts. It seems like uh yeah. Seems like just one more one more thing to add to a, a workflow that I right. uh, well, and it has uh Well it's, and a, it's kind of a workflow that one twenty four apps. Yeah. I, right. it fits in well with my lifestyle actually at the moment. Because what I do when I get a, a bill in the mail is I will, um, no, physical bill, like a piece of paper. I'll scan it, and then I will set a reminder in my calendar. So I just scan it with this app now, and then I can, I can, I've got the reminder set up already. Uh, where I get an email with a bill attached, I can send it directly to this app from my email account, and um, it will share it to that, to that thing. So very easy. Oh, to nice. And a part of my regular, regular process that I have in, at the moment. That's cool. Then, if you get, you can set it to where you get a, a notification if you get an an email with from a certain email address or a certain yep. subject line. Nice. Yep. Yeah, and it's um by a one two four apps. It's marked as a productivity app. Hundred ninety nine reviews. Does has does have in app purchases. Uh, in the U S. It's a dollar ninety nine to buy. 
uh, 4.2 average reviews. Uh, it is eligible for the family plan, which I will say I love that feature. Uh, updated July 6, 2020. Only 7.4 megs in size, so it's nice and tight. Good code. Uh, 10,000 plus installs. Current version 0.9.6 requires 4.2 Android and up. So you could put this on a lot of devices. Um, content rating, of course, E for everyone. The biggest in-app purchase is $2.99. It's going to need a fair amount of permissions because that's just the nature of this app. Uh, camera, photos, receive data from the internet, full network access. Um, developer doesn't have a website. It looks like it's support at, oh, 123apps.com. So, one two four, sorry, one two four apps.com is their website. Cool. How about you, Dor? Well, uh, yeah, I got some stuff. Um, you know, guys, I just got well, a little cat. The... <laughs> okay, carry on. Yeah, I already brought the uh, doo doo app, but but I can bring more. Um, I can okay, this app, huh? I was gonna say, yeah, that's right. You did. I could bring one if you want. Uh, this one I this one I want to bring. Um, <laughs> bring it. This is called Microsoft Family Safety App. Okay, <laughs> by Microsoft Corporation. The category is parenting. Note the category is parenting. Okay, Microsoft Family Safety, Microsoft Corporation Parenting E for Everyone. Free to download. No in-app purchase. No ads. A whopping two hundred and forty-six reviews. Wow. Good job, Microsoft. Uh, 2.8 average reviews. Great job, Microsoft. Um, uh, updated July 17, 2020. Size varies with device. 100,000 plus installs. Current version 1.0.0.493 requires 6.0 Android and up. Content rating E for everyone. Permissions. It basically needs everything because it's Microsoft. Contact, phone, location, Wi-Fi, device ID, uh, full network access, run it startup. Oh my good, it keeps going. Um, by Microsoft.com. Okay, this is the application you want to install as a parent or guardian when your people under your responsibility are using too many Microsoft apps. You can put them in your family plan and you can limit how much time they can run a Microsoft app. So I'm all in favor of this app. Just set it to zero and get it over with. Yep. Actually, I mean, I'll set it to like two minutes, just long enough for them to log in and like click one thing. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's no good app or no good reviews on this thing. <laughs> no, because there can't be because it's Microsoft. They can't do anything right. Okay, um, and here's the thing. No, this should be an enterprise app allowing you to monitor enterprise app usage. No family proudly says they're a Microsoft family. If they do, trust me, one of them's a child predator and the other one's probably making meth in the back. Okay, because they don't exist kind of thing um so if you have a problem with your family they won't stop downloading microsoft apps then you need to download microsoft family safety because every family is safer with less microsoft well no i actually i would really like bill gates to give me parenting advice he's giving advice on everything else okay i would have bring one called uh i boating it's called and it's marine navigation maps and nautical charts i had brought an app called Navi- Navionics a while back. Um, and then I gave them like $30 for this app. And then they changed their their uh, model to be a subscription model. And that $30 just went straight down the drain. 
can't even use the app anymore and have to pay monthly to use the app. So that's, I wasn't exactly happy about that. Um, this one I found quite good. You had said in a last week or whenever I was out camping, you said it was in a lake, but it was in the ocean. And so we're doing some fishing in a canoe, which is definitely an interesting endeavor sometimes. And, um, and so I wanted to use this fishing and it worked out. It worked out pretty well. It's, it's just a, a general marine chart shows you what you need to see. Um, and it's called iBoating Marine Navigation Maps and Nautical Charts by GPS Nautical Charts. It's also parenting. No, no, that's not right. It's travel and local. It's uh, for everyone. And 4.6 average reviews out of 6,241. Updated July 27th, 2020. Current version 156. Hmm. <laughs> 25 megs in size. Android 4 and up 500,000 installs. In-app purchases 22.99 to 84.99 per item. And so that is basically you need to purchase the charts that you want to use. You can use it without gotcha. without purchasing the charts, but you don't have it's not very functional. So I think I paid $30 for the Canada US charts. So we'll see how how they change their model as well and then I get screwed out of my $30 again. Have you got a boat? Uh, no, canoe. Well, which is a boat, I guess. But of course, you have a canoe. <laughs> That's how the got, Canadians um, get around, doesn't it? <laughs> got moose painted on the side. You don't have a uh, kayak? Uh, I've got two kayaks. The difference between a kayak and a canoe? Uh, I don't know. What uh, is it? Canoe is open. <laughs> a uh, canoe is open at the top. A kayak is closed at the top. Next question. <laughs> Canada welcomes you with open arms, door. Me? <laughs> Bring your hunting rifle. You know, oh, is the plural of moose meese or mooses? Uh, I think I have to know that before I step foot. I think it's moose eye, actually. Moose eye, gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm kind of into these navigation apps. They're very very handy, but just so expensive. Gotcha, gotcha. So, do you have any more apps you would like to bring uh, there, Ivor? Oh, yeah, I've got another one if you want to have a look. Uh, toilet paper tracker. Toilet paper tracker, yeah. <laughs> this is called Bubble Up. You know, I'll just get the link. Note-taking app, but it's a note-taking like difference. Um, so, see my, my screen there? Uh, this is the home screen of the Bubble Up app. And basically in here, I've got a whole bunch of notes that I've taken from uh, links um, that I wanted to save. And what I can do with folder, I set up a folder to save some notes in. And what I can do is invite other people to have a look at it, but I can also roll an instant web page. Roll an instant web page. It says, uh, rolls up everything in your folder. You can share it, which you can share. Basically, it turns everything in that folder, the, all the notes that you've saved in there, into a web page. And, and it gives you uh, have a cover image. Uh, you can put a title and description for it. Uh, you have a theme, so we can put a link, uh, which is an easy-to-remember URL. You can create a role domain, set a domain, and right. if you wanted to get into that, you can you can really get a website out of that and share it with my brother. Um, the world record got broke. What's that world record? Did you see that? Is that Ellis impersonators or something? 
no, no. It was the world record of the longest continuous singing Elvis Presley songs. Oh, yes, yes. I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but you can also have a look at other, what other people have shared with you. Um, it's got this trending option here, uh, which basically is uh, all the most uh, commonly saved or most popular apps that other Bubble Up users are using or looking at. Very cool. So, um, so I thought this was a note-taking app. You know, there are lots of different note-taking apps out there. This is one with a bit of a difference. It's got a save later option, and then you. Um, so it just adds a bit of extra value um, to, to a note-taking app, which I think missing in a lot of apps, which are very simplistic in their approach at the moment. I really like to roll up a website. That's, I mean, I'd like to see how it functions, but yeah, that's very, very intriguing. I think, yeah, you have to have a domain. Um, but it seems to be a very sort of easy one with the... Uh, Do you have to have a domain? Because gotta, it looks like it's, your URL is roles.bubbleup.whatever. Uh, oh. So it looks like they're actually, you're using their domain to do it. Oh, right, I was going to okay. say, yeah. I have a domain, but it ends in RU, if that's okay. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, so here's here's the uh, the link. Your URL will be similar to that. Yeah, so they're just using their own servers to create customized pages. I think uh, that's a that's a fantastic idea. I'd be interested to see. Makes it easy. Yeah, I would, yes, especially for something like this, if you just want people to you know you want to collect news articles that you find interesting okay. well then the question is is does this have any integration with zapier or if this then that that's because a good if it question has integration with that then it should be i don't want to say easy because it's not easy simple to have them like link together to where you don't have to to go into the app and handcraft everything you can dump everything via just a share and then go back in later and organize well, it doesn't look. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you can. How much you can edit that that site? Is that the actual site, Ivor? Can you share the link of the that? The, the URL that you just created. Paste it in the chat. Mm. No, if this then that integration. Oh, really? But but that doesn't mean it is impossible because sometimes you can access it as an RSS feed or something else. Sometimes all you gotta do is put a slash at the end and the word feed. Oh, dang, it didn't work. Good try. I like what they're so, trying yeah, to do here. Can. I do too. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, I can even see you guys have had reviews on the page already. Uh, it can definitely use some work, but I think it's it's not the uh, worst website I've ever seen. No, exactly. No, but it's pretty pretty uh snappy too. Added in like two seconds. So. Hmm. I like it. Good job. Very cool. That is not fine, man. that is not a doo doo app. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want to bring an app called Navcast. So last time I was on here, I had just gotten a uh, Fossil Wear OS watch, which I have since returned due to the fact that it just wasn't co quite what I was looking for. I mean, for a, a Wear OS watch, I guess it's good, but yeah, this wasn't floating my boat. Um, so you still haven't found what you're looking for. Got it. Yeah, I have, but it's $1,200, so that's not happening. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm looking more towards a, like a Garmin now, something that is... Well, let me know. Let me know. Even though they got hacked, might be able to hook you up. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm letting you... I'm, Employee discount. I'm letting you know. You work for Garmin now? Well, Sweet. you got 
No, I don't. <laughs> they wouldn't have me. I'm an incompetent government employee. <laughs> um, but there, there's very limited podcast players on Wear OS. And so this is actually a Wear OS app called Navcast Wear OS Podcast Offline Navcasts. Uh-huh. See, and to me, offline is perfect because my logic is the real time you want to podcast on your watch is when you don't have your phone, aka like you're outdoor exercising or yep. something. And that's that's the main point, really, for me. Uh, it's by Turn the Page. It's music and audio. Good name. Yep. <laughs> Good name. And it's uh, a four point eh, sixty nine. I know <laughs> four point reviews out of sixty nine total. Nice. Uh, 1,000 plus installs, updated the 5th of August, 2020, 7.5 megs in size, version 2.6.3. Permissions, Wi-Fi, uh, photos, storage, basically yeah, every, everything your watch can do. Um, so yeah, this is the one that I was using to add the watch, and it was it's pretty good. It's the, it's the best one I found. I think I tried all the ones that were available, which is, like I said, very few. And it is available for Family Library as well, but it's still just buggy. It, the interface was buggy. Um, wow. It was difficult to download. the 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 icons are are pretty terrible as far as like downloading and stopping the download, and things look like they're grayed out when they're not. Mm. It just overall is just clunky and. That's kind of what how I found the entire <laughs> the entire uh, watch actually was just kind of clunky and a bit difficult to even use. Well, the only constant is change, and the change for Wear OS to be competent is long overdue. Just saying. It's true. It, it this is the first Wear OS that item that I had tried to use, and I mean, obviously, it was a disappointment in some aspects because I sent it back. But it was also, I don't know if it was hardware issue or what, but the GPS was having problems. It would take forever. Because I said the main reason I wanted to use it was for for tracking runs and and exercising. And sometimes, most of the time, the GPS wouldn't even work. Um, So it wasn't even tracking the run anyway. And then syncing was a problem. Yeah. Overall, just... Just a, a disappointment. I would say that it was a do a doo doo app. See, and I would have it? thought, fought, well, Sorry, too much. Was that Ivor? How much did you pay for it? Uh, two fifty nine Canadian, I think. Jeez, you should have got a much better watch for See, that. See, well, and when I hear the name Fossil, I don't think low end. Don't, I mean, am I stupid? It wasn't. No, no, no. Like the the I think the quality of the watch was the quality of the watch was really good actually, but the just the whole Wear OS part. And I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it was just because the the the, the GPS wasn't functioning how I wanted it to. And the podcast players were just not very good. Um, but, the, I mean, the build quality of the watch was, was great. But overall, nah, not happening for me. Gotcha. I think Wear OS has got a problem, mate. Eh? I think so. And and that that two fifty nine Ivor was on. I think it's I think it's a three hundred ninety nine dollar watch. No way! I bought my my um, daughter who's eight years old a thirty dollar small watch, and that has um, 
space for a SD card, you know, and I can, you can shove an SD card in there and, or a, another SIM card and actually make, use that as a phone and uh, or podcast on the SD card and listen to it. I was quite impressed with. And it seems to be sort of pretty common functionality across a lot of those cheaper models of smartwatches. Hmm. I don't know what Fossil's problem is. Other Chinese manufacturers are doing it no problem. Well, are they using, is it Wear OS though? No, yeah, not. see, I think that I, I'm not sure it's a fossil problem. I think it might just be a Wear, Wear, OS, Wear OS problem. Yeah. Well, and part of the Wear OS problem is the software can only do what the hof- what the hardware offers, and the processor has not got revved in. I want to say it's twenty plus months. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine if you haven't been able to get a new phone processor in Very nearly two terrible. years? How how upset we would be with phones? Well, I'd, it seems to me that they're. I'm not sure that there are – I don't think that the, the, the highest quality developers are working on Wear OS. It's the old Microsoft yeah. um, operating system for phones again, isn't it? You know, the, the lack of apps means the lack of users. Lack of users means less apps. It just uh, becomes a spiral where um, produce with a small 2% of the market um, doing bugger all. It's um, also the – runs away with everybody's lunch. It's also the uh, the cost too, you know. Like you yeah. throw Wear OS on on a watch, and it seems to double or triple the price. Well, yeah, I mean that's and dumb. That's why I'm never. I mean, I got a watch last week. It's running a e uh, ESP uh, two sixty six processor in it, not running Android. Thirty bucks. It doesn't have close to the fit or the finish or the functionality of an Android box, but I can't pay that much for watch. I got this just to hack around with and play with. Um, I will much sooner get just a sports band than a Android Wear OS only because of a couple things. There's many, 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 many um, uh, health monitor wristbands that get 10 to 30 days of battery life. And that provide you with the ability to at least see notifications, maybe not respond to notifications, but at least see notifications that have some interaction with your phone. Um, I don't know anything that can be done on a genuine Wear OS device that I think I can't live without if I were to play with it. Oh, Google Music's dying. Do you guys care about that? (laughs) (laughs) But YouTube music is alive and well. Microsoft movies. Well, what I'll say is I have 29 days worth of audio uploaded through the Google um, Music Manager. Um, When I'm done listening to 24 to 36 hours of podcast in a day, I listen to some music. Nothing created after, I don't know, 2002 or 97 because everything after that sucks um (laughs) but i have my you know it i'm gonna quote i'm gonna paraphrase the jerry seinfeld show there's work george and there's home george and the two shouldn't collide the world will end okay i have my music door door geek and then i have my youtube door door geek i do not want my music door door geek to poison my YouTube streams, okay? Uh, I am particular. On my Google Play Music, I listen to Weird Al Yankovic. I listen to Black Sabbath. I listen to Run DMC. I listen to Hank Williams Sr. I listen to Boogie Down Productions. I listen to Hank Williams III. Um, and like 
all kinds of stuff in the middle. Um, and then when I'm on YouTube, I'm watching Vsauce, Veritasium, um, SciShow, Crash Course. They're not going to come together. So I've literally purposely opted out of migrating my stuff over so many times. Google sent me a survey that I sat through that took me 30 minutes asking me, trying to figure out why I'm not migrating. You should migrate. It's great to migrate. It's going to be so much better when you're done migrating. Three times, they almost tricked me into clicking the button that would migrate my stuff over. Every time I caught myself last second, pulled the mouse away. No, I'm not. So finally, they got to a point after literally 30 minutes of questions, 40 pages of questions, they got to the point, what will make you migrate to Google Play Music with a text box with one word answer? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, they killed me. They took a piece of my soul when they destroyed Google Reader. Once bitten, baby, twice shy. Never am I going to let it happen again. Once Google Play Music is done, I'm going to take all of my music install it on something I own, something I control, something I have complete access to that I'm not at the beholden to some giant conglomerate corporation who doesn't care anything about humanity or anybody's individual personal freedoms, liberties, or rights. I'm going to put my music on my device that I'm going to hear, and I'm going to use an application like Piano Bar Fly. Google search Piano Bar Fly. Once again, Piano Bar Fly. Install it on a device, get a free Pandora account, click in it, make your playlist, hit go, come back two or three days later, you have two or three days worth of audio completely neatly categorized and itemized and put into folders, and then you just delete what you don't want, and voila, you have yourself your own personal content that, that you can put on your own server. Um, I'm done relying on exterior sources for my entertainment needs, uh, except for podcast, because you know, I don't need streaming music. I don't, I can host it all myself. I'm a nerd. You know, I got this. Yeah. I mean, Plex makes it very easy to uh, listen to your media, whatever it is, anywhere you are. Have you tried their live TV stuff yet? I haven't tried the live TV. I saw it pop up in front of me, but to be honest, I was too busy hopping in to watch one of four things in the last week. I hopped in my Plex server to watch the f season one, episode one of Happy Days. I also hopped in to watch season one. I want to say it was episode four of All in the Family. I then hopped on to again watch The Castle. And then I also <laughs> hopped in and I watched, um, I want to say it was Carl Sagan's Cosmos season two, episode one. And because that's all I need. You know what I mean? I don't need like, and, and it, when I saw the live TV station options, it's really not live TV. It's like turning on like infomercial quality stuff from what I saw. Well, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I know when I glanced at it, that's what I gathered. Are you still yeah, watching the I, castle, are you? <laughs> well, every couple of weeks I do, yeah. And, and yeah, I well, keep trying keep... to find the time when my oldest one, who's uh, 14, going to be 15, he's mature enough, he can watch it. But I don't want my 11-year-old to watch it because there's just a little bit too crash and I, I say this dude i scored points ivor dude i scored <laughs> points i was uh in a chat called the old men of lennox podcasting and i said i don't care what anyone says in here please somebody in this room watch this movie sometime this next week and a guy who lives in new zealand he's a transplanter who lives in new zealand said testify every human being should watch that movie at least once <laughs> 
and I'll say he's worked for companies that do, you know, Hobbit-like activities, so he knows his movies. And he, and I believe he actually has an entry on IMDb. I think everyone. Yeah, so I felt good. I think everyone should watch that movie at least three times. Ah, you're dreaming. Tell me, he's dreaming. Well, I think if somebody sent me a pine phone, it would be going straight to the pool room. Not even gonna. Yeah, exactly. Not even gonna take it out of the wrapper. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my God. So good. Once one another thing about it's chicken. <laughs> yeah, but what'd you do to it? Or what's on the top? Seasoning. <laughs> to Seasoning. <laughs> That's how you do it. Everyone kicked a goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, YouTube. To go back to to that, uh, I don't. I I really don't watch YouTube that often. Probably I should watch it more because I. I try to read on how to do mostly coding things. Like I, I started a project last week, and it's uh, using Python for the first time, and flat and Flask, which is uh, for creating web apps, basically, or uh, GUIs for Python. And so I always, I read. I try to I, I read when I need to find something. Whereas maybe I should YouTube more, but. Every time I go to YouTube on my phone, it has a pop-up and asks me if I want to go to YouTube Premium or whatever they call it now, and it's driving me nuts. How about just a permanent no button? No, they will never do that. <laughs> um, there is solutions around is what I'll say. Um, one, I might have an opening on my family plan. I don't know. Um, two, there's a trick. Uh, if you take any YouTube video, and I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head, and I'm going to be wrong. You take any YouTube video, you copy the URL, and you put before the word YouTube, no ads .ut, and then you just paste in no ads dot and the rest of the URL. I think it was. Try remember, and voila, you have a completely ad-free version of, of that video, no matter what YouTube wants, or tries, or thinks. Uh, the bad thing is, then you have to go back to YouTube to find the next video that you want to watch. But yeah, there's many ways around it. And now what I want to do, here's what I'm tempted to start doing. Okay. Again, sorry, tangent. The revolving door, um, about 130 podcasts in now, 130 episodes into all the podcasts I subscribe to. When I'm done doing my podcast, I'm going to do a review of all the podcasts I did after that. And then I'm tempted to jump onto my YouTube subscriptions. But what I'm really tempted to do is turn my YouTube subscriptions into like a podcast aggregator where I can literally submit all my submissions into a text file, have it automatically download everything that I'm subscribed to. So on my local server at any point in time, I can click a button and see what is new on my YouTube subscriptions today. And when I do that, there's no ads. Um, so I might take a look at doing that and I'm sure it's going to use a little bit of Python. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, if you, uh, let me know if you want a little help. Well, um, I think I have another 50 episodes to do for the podcast review. Um, for instance, like in the month of uh, July, there's 30 days. I listened to 33 days worth of audio and I love it when people like irrationally call me out. How can you, that's impossible. Um, on the Reddit string, that was going to be in the notes where they were asking about the podcast addict thing. I posted my screenshot and I said, I use this app and up. I'm okay with giving them money. And they literally guy immediately piped up, how can you understand anything that they're saying? To which I want to reply, well, if you've ever noticed, you watch a movie two times, three times, four times, you keep noticing different things. 
So it isn't like you're catching everything when you're listening at 1x. What makes you think I'd expect to catch everything at 3x or 4x? But I catch enough because I've been at this crap for 10 years and where I have blind people I know who literally listen at 14x, okay? So if you want to pick on somebody for listening to stuff fast, there's other people out there who listen to stuff much faster than me. Are you throwing Jonathan under the bus? I didn't say his name. You did. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I've actually upped my game too. I'm uh, at. It depends on the podcast. That's going back yeah. to podcast addict. Another great thing is that you can set the the playback speed per podcast as well. And so right. I'm up to three times for some, and then about two point five for the other ones. Yeah, there's a couple I'm, I have to push it down to in the twos or else I just can't comprehend what they're saying. Well, it's hard too because sometimes, you know, I listen to podcasts that will have interviews. And so each person they interview has a different cadence. And so it, sometimes at three times you catch those the interviewees and yeah, it's, it just doesn't work. I concur. Do you concur? Concur. I concur. Ivor, bring another app, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. This app is Concerts. Concerts Arena. A little while ago, I was watching um, mm-hmm. YouTube and um, the Eddie, uh, Freddie Mercury uh, came on as a Live Aid concert came on. And um, I thought, oh, yeah, I haven't seen the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Um, and I thought, oh, I, I may as well watch that. So I watched the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. And I noticed in the scene, in the last scene, the concert footage at the end. Have you guys seen it? The Freddie Mercury movie? Yes, fantastic movie. Yeah, really good. Um, the the main actor um, from... Um, robot. Oh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rhea Malik. Boom. And here's the best part. He didn't even try to sound like Freddie Mercury. No, he let yeah. Freddie Mercury's song stand for them, and then he just did the spoken word. Um, I'll say the best movie I've seen in the last two years. Well, the level of reproduction, the accuracy in the reproduction of Wembley Arena, that was all reproduced. They didn't go to Wembley. They yeah. re- reproduced the whole thing as it was back in 1985. Anyway, the day I was watching this movie, uh, the, the last scenes that came, they show the, the Live Aid uh, scene, and it shows the date up on the top of the, sc- of the, um, of the stadium, of the stage, that shows the date that the Live Aid uh, concert was on. And it was the 13th of June, 1985, or July, sorry, 13th of July, 1985. And that was the exact day, 13th of July, that I was watching the Freddie Mercury movie. So it was a bit of a spooky coincidence. Anyway, this, uh, I got interested in watching uh, concerts online, uh, mainly on YouTube. But I found this app uh, and it, will, it basically stores, gives you a central point where you can find concerts. Um, and now most of them are actually on YouTube, um, but uh, some of them, some of them aren't, and um, I always think, well, what's the point of these apps? Uh, you know, if you can view all of these concerts on YouTube, anyway, you can just go and search YouTube and watch them anytime. You don't need to install an app like this. But there's some actually some pretty rare stuff on 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 this app um, that you wouldn't really normally go and search for, and it's quite a quite a good way of consolidating uh, the stuff that you're interested in. Um, so you, here we have a list of all the music that I'm interested in. So these are all the concerts that I'd like to have a look at when I get the time. So I've got David Bowie, Eric Clapton. I've got uh, Led Zeppelin's um, anniversary of re- uh, reunion from 2007. 
Um, you've got nice. Live Aid, Queen Set. So it's got all these things. So these are all the things I want. Every day I get a notification saying there's a new concert that's been added. So we've got all these old ones. You've got Kiss, Nazareth. You've got Rod Stewart. Um, sort mm. of appeals to old guys like me. Um, and my you passed right over Pink Floyd. Yeah, Pink Floyd, Queen, Live at Wembley, Alice Cooper. You've got all of them there. Uh, then it's got this category called Greatest of All Time, where basically it lists all the um, all the uh, concerts which basically are recognized as the best. Uh, those are all well worth a look. And then it goes into different genres. So you can go into pop and rock and metal. And, and um, so this this kind of app, I expected it to um, to disappoint me, particularly after I first opened it and the first thing it did was play an ad. But that's the only sin this app, this app commits. Uh, is really just to play one ad, last two seconds, and then you go you straight into the content. Um, I, I find it works really well. well. If the content is good enough, I, look, I'm the guy that really researched and found studies proving advertising causes depression, okay? Because it's real, it does. If the content is good enough, I'm okay with a little ad. I ain't gonna lie. The only, the only thing I would say about that door is if if you're going to show ads... Give me an option to pay to remove them. You know, yeah, I, I think with this ad, yeah. you just get the one ad at the beginning when you launch it. That's it. No more ads, even through the concerts. You only have to you have to deal with the YouTube ads, obviously, but anything that there's nothing else from the app itself. So I think it behaves itself quite well in that respect. And for anyone interested, it's called Concerts Arena. Watch music concerts for free by Cast Tools under Entertainment, and it has a pretty sweet logo as well. It does. Devil's horns. Um, so here's the question, Ivor. How many concerts have you been to in your life that you, well, A, how many have you been to and how many were you at where you thought you saw something epic? Three and I saw something epic at all of them. <laughs> cool. So I've been to um, Pink Floyd, Metallica. Obviously, it wasn't that, that remember that. that uh, right. but, well, yeah, no. I, I'll, I'll say I saw Weird Al, Paul McCartney, and I can't remember who the third was either, but I'll say it like this. The one thing I'm sure about live is, I mean, that's where you like, you like separate the chaff from the wheat, you know, Guns the boys roses. from the men. Guns and Roses, that was the other one. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where talent truly shows itself off. I mean, like watching Queen live or Led Zeppelin live, it's not just a guy standing there singing, it's a show. And, and to be honest, the other one I'll throw in there, Twisted Sister. Oh yeah. yeah. Say what you want about Twisted Sister. Uh, there's a great documentary that came out in 2016. And it's only like 40 minutes long about how they came to be. Um, it came through D. Schneider coming off that stage every night and nearly passing out from exhaustion. Mm. He still does it he just too. wanted to put on a damn good show. They still, they oh, yeah. still perform. Well, mm. he does his radio show, which is still like number one in his area. And he goes touring. I want to say he said 20 weeks out of the year. Which somebody at his age, you know, it's unheard of. Yeah, they do corporate gigs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Is it? I want to rock. Is it? Is a show the same as a concert? Probably not, huh? Depends What's, on the artist, I'll say. I mean, uh, you know, as long as it's a live performance, then I would say yes. Yeah, it's a live performance. Okay, because I mean, I've been to a lot of, tons of live performances in in pubs and things, <laughs> but oh no, yeah, no, yeah. none of these pubs. These are all concerts, proper concerts, and proper yeah. Concerts. I think that the two that stick in my my mind the most. Ah, Three actually. Uh, I saw Tool and mm. Roger Waters and Rock the Bells. It's called, which is a hip ah. hip hop oh. concert. Hip, yeah, right. oh, it is fantastic. Well, okay, I, I now remember the third one I saw. It was the Trans Siberian Orchestra. 
They're not trans. <laughs> they're just called Trans Siberian Orchestra. And if you have not seen them, I'll just put it like this. It's actually one massive group of people. I believe they split up every year into two or three different groups and they travel all over the world all year, basically doing holiday concert rock operas. Um, they are some of the most talented musicians that are alive today that aren't in bands like Metallica or something kind of thing. Um, like raw, crazy talent. Um, you can hear their audio on like CD or whatever, and they're fine. But seeing the show live was, and I'm not a fan of their music, but seeing them live, I'm a fan of them. It was that damn good. My son is 28. He still goes on about the ACDC concert he saw when he was 17. <laughs> Well, it was ACDC. <laughs> they were pretty damn good. They got the best, one of the best live shows in the world, I think. Let's uh, let's hear an app door. Uh, you want to hear an app from me? Well, then I'm going to bring something uh, completely different out of left fields. No, I'm sorry, it's not the Spanish Inquisition. It's something completely different than that. Um, I was when I was young. I used to be a big fan of pool table type games until I figured being nearly blind in one eye and almost blind in the other meant playing pool would not be very much fun. Uh, so I ended up watching a lot of it when I was young. Uh, and snooker was one of the types of pool that I never really completely understood, but I still found equally, I'll say fascinating. Uh, if you fast forward through the video on the Google play store for this app called uh, WST snooker, uh, you can actually see some gameplay and I'll just say it like this. This is the kind of gameplay that I would expect on like a last generation game console, um, not on a Android device. And it does have one of the things I'll say that I like the idea of offline play. Uh, so if you're all at all a fan of snooker, uh, this would be, I think a great tablet to buy. Uh, it's by labs 42 LTD under the sports category E for everyone, 16 reviews. Five dollars and forty nine cents does have some sort of in app purchase. I do not know what it has. Uh, Three dot uh, eligible for the family library. Updated August 6, twenty twenty. Forty two megs in size. One hundred plus installs. Current version one point four point zero requires five Android and up. Content rating E for everyone. Uh, permissions. It really shouldn't need much. Wi Fi storage. Photo media. Network access. Now the other reason I brought this up was we had an email come over the chain about. Uh, podcast addict subscriptions and Google play opinion rewards money. I bought this with Google opinions, rewards, play money. And the question was, does the developer actually get the cash for the buy? In my experience, the two developers I know who I've t spoken to this uh, about the past say they still get their, I think 70% cut of the money. Um, so while we're not paying in air quotes, anything for it, the actual developer is getting cash in return for my purchase. How can Google afford such a thing? <laughs> um, cause they sell all your data. Actually, no, they don't sell all your data. They don't sell any of your data. They take your data. They transmutate it into purchasable blobs of instances to advertisers to push those nonstop. Are you sure you want YouTube premium? Are you sure you don't want YouTube premium? Are you yeah. sure you don't want YouTube premium? Um, kind of ads right down your throat. What what device are you, did you install this on, Dor? Uh, I actually installed this on the Chromebook Flip, which I will say, unfortunately, just ran out of uh, service. It's not going to get another update. 
and it does make me sad because that device is pretty awesome. Um, I've had my fair share of uh, Android tablets and Chromebooks. It might have been the best performing overall, even though it was only an 11-inch screen and the keyboard was a slight bit cramped. If you didn't have to type an essay out and just an email here or there, it was a fantastic consumption device. I think that's the one that I have. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I got that same message of this is your last... uh, Right. And since then, I've had at least one more <laughs> saying yeah, this, this is your last update. Uh, because yeah. The reason I asked that is because uh, this app is not compatible with any of my devices. I, I put it on that one. Including my, it, my, my Flip is on there. It's uh, the Huawei, nothing like it. LG phone, nothing. <laughs> mm. I find that quite often as well. I yeah. think, it's a, I think yeah. it's a country thing. Um, well, it says it's compatible w- w- with my Jide Remix, my GPD XD, my Google a- Asus Chromebook Flip C100PA, and my Huawei P20 Lite. Yeah, it must be a country thing, Ivor. If only we lived in a first world country. <laughs> well, yeah, with the guy with orange hair. Well, your guy is in any a day. touch of trouble too there. Oh, he's been in a touch of trouble. He's not any better than anyone else. What's the name of the charity? We 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 work. Yeah, I don't know. We that's all I know. W E. Yeah, it's not even Global BC. Global BC uh, podcast. There, uh, you know, kind (laughs) of hammers them. You know. Oh, you know, forget about it, eh? The guy is uh, he's he's on the ropes, eh? Yeah. Forget about it. He's out of here. He's out. He's out. Um. Uh, this this app is is called Morse Code Reader, and it's by wow. I'm gonna say Yasik Fedorinsky under communication, three point seven average reviews, sixteen hundred and seventy three total reviews. <laughs> Updated August twenty six two thousand thirteen. Current version one. Uh, size. 20K requires Android 1.6 and up, 100,000 downloads. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It takes your, it takes uh, audible input and translates it to uh, text via Morse code. So it's a little, I mean, it's from 2013, so it's, it's pretty clunky. And I never got any actual Morse code to test it on. But I was sitting outside on my uh, back deck a while ago, and it had just rained. And our gutters have about 12 inches of soil in them. There's actually small trees growing out of the gutters. And so the the downspout, it just sort of drips at random intervals. And I was sitting there thinking, what is nature telling me right now? And I, I figured there must be some sort of Morse code in there. So I found this app to uh listen to the drip and i think it was i think it was just a bunch of i think it was a bunch of e's after each other e that's such e, a geek e. thing to do <laughs> oh that sounds like morse code i'll install an app to see if it actually says something <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how i found this app look as long as it didn't tell you jeffrey epstein didn't hang himself i'm happy <laughs> gazelle maxwell did not <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. 
So yeah, I think this could be well, like a, a pretty handy app if the world ends and you have to you listen well, to Well, and the gimmick is, why would it need to be updated? Morse code isn't being updated. No, it doesn't. That's exactly right. It works just fine. My father was a signalman in the Navy during oh. the war. During the Second World we lost war, your audio, Ivor. I heard him. Hold on. You got me now? You got me now? Yeah. Yep. My father was a, sig- a signalman in the Navy during the Second World War. And he um, he was fluent in Morse code. You could not um, say anything in Morse code without him interpreting it, <laughs> which was painful sometimes. <laughs> well, um, I've got gotcha, a nap. Gotcha. I've got a nap. Uh, I can break if you want. Okay. Um, a little while ago, uh, Spring. A little while ago, there was an app I used to use called Daywise. Uh, and that was a great app. What it used to do is uh, consolidate all your your non-important notifications and show them to you at three times throughout the day, or four times, morning, uh, day, afternoon, and evening. Um, and what they did was Daywise went to a paid subscription model for about, I think we're going to charge about $4 a month just for consolidating um consolidating notifications and i'm sorry but i think the subscription model thing is just getting a bit out of hand your notifications is something that i'm going to pay four dollars a month for um um, and i'll just put the now so what this does is it um consolidates your notifications um and it does a pretty good job and it's free so um better um see here um, all the uh, notifications here. It's got a uh, we button down the bottom. We press that. It basically clears your notifications, and it also groups them into different groups, social, other options like a dark mode. Um, and it's free. So I found this quite a good replacement for Daywise. Guys, using anything for your notifications at the moment? Because I find without this, I just get way too many notifications. No, I don't use any. Notification management. If I find a notification annoying, I just long click on it and disable it from ever happening again. Yeah, I don't. I don't as well. I'm a luddite. If you haven't realized that, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, I was a bit skeptical first when I started using Dayways. I thought, oh, I'm never. I don't need this, you know. And um, I found it indispensable after using it for about a week or two. I really loved it. And then they started charging after about a year. Um, so this was a really good alternative. So if you're looking for an alternative to Daywise or you want to start looking at notification management options, um, I've been using Spring now for about three, four weeks. And it's- Very cool. Yeah, I, I will say I know I'm like um, um, they said in Young Frankenstein, I'm, I'm like Abby. I'm a little Abby normal. Um, like I open up the Google Play Store about 10 times a day to see if there's any app updates. Which I know no one in the on the planet does, um, and I, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, my mama told me I was special. Um, I, I'm not against the idea of notification management. I just don't. I'm the kind of guy. The reason I can't use Twitter is because if I miss one tweet, I'm gonna have to go back and scroll and watch it again. Um, so I like need to see every notification I have, or else I freak out. Well, this does it. one thing I like about this one, as you can see on the screen now, it shows you all the dismissed notifications as well. So I can go back through all my dismissed notifications. This is something I missed, um, and show them in groups and everything as well. So, and very cool. And just so you know, Dora, your mom was right. Yeah, I know. Trust me, a lot of school administrators and principals said the same thing. 
You want to do one more one more app door? I've got one more too that. Oh uh, well, I'm gonna go in. I'll just say a different uh thing, and this is gonna be one of those things like you mentioned, uh, Candy Crush. I can see my wife in the next week, uh, telling me about this app that she's she'll be playing here soon. I'm gonna bet Harry Potter puzzles and spells from Zenga puzzle E for everyone. <laughs> of course, it contains ads. Um, uh. um, yeah, I know it, <laughs> it's so new. There's no reviews available on it. Um, updated August 13th, 2020, 109 megs in size, current version 20.1.455, Android 5.0 and up content rating E for everyone, uh, permission details. Uh, it's going to need everything, location, device history, Wi-Fi, run it, startup, receive data from the internet, view contacts. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's basically like a whole bunch of mini games plus a new and air quotes Harry Potter match three game. If that's not the definition of what Candy Crush is, I don't know what is. Um, so I'm pretty sure my wife, who literally one of the premieres between us guys, she put on a pair of glasses with round spectacles and went with a stick in her hand to go watch a premiere of the movie <laughs> while I sat home watching like UFC. I love her. I'm not sure what the link that you put in there. I mean, I see 13,629 reviews. I don't know. Uh, version 20.1.453. Oh, because it's in pre-registration mode and the screen I present to the public, no user is logged into it. So it doesn't even let you pre-register or see any, any of those numbers. That's why. With in-app purchases of $1.39 to $139.99. Well, how else is, you know, those c- celebrities and with their five houses, how can they afford to live? How are they going to buy that sixth one? Yeah. And Zanga. Aren't they owned by Facebook yet? Yeah, right. Because I, I feel like that should have happened by now. I got a notice from Firefox the other day saying Zanga had a security breach. Well, there's a thing you can sign up for now, monitor.firefox.com, where you can give them any or all email addresses you use, and they will do the monitoring for you on all the breaches and try to give you some advice on how you can mitigate what they know was leaked in the breach. I think they do that automatically again, with the browser. So if you have that on your phone well, or your o- computer. Only if you log in. Only if you log in. If you log in with the Firefox account. To actually fireworks. Um, and they just had to release 250, I want to say 250 employees from Firefox because of the COVID stuff. They basically can't afford to keep them all on staff doing what they were doing because any good company at this time of year in 2020, they have to pivot to do something else or else they're going to lose even more money. Um, I encourage people support competition, support Mozilla if you can, because trust me, you look around you, 10 people around you, nine of them are not supporting Mozilla. Yeah. And you have a pre-registration option for this app. Yeah, same here. That's weird. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Must be Canadian. (laughs) Um, This one is called Cookies Must Die by Rebel Twins, and it's action. Uh, Contains ads, offers in-app purchases, 4.3 average reviews out of 16,267. Updated March 8th, 2020, current version 1.0.9, 93 megs in size, Android 4.1 and up, 1 million plus installs. In-app purchases, $1.69 to eighty one ninety nine. Not sure what that is. 
um, permissions, storage, photos, media, full network access, vibration. And it is a side-scrolling, uh, not really. Uh, the, the thing I liked about it, I, I played it for a little while, was the controls are fantastic. Um, just the, the movement, you're basically you something takes over a cookie company or something and then the cookies mutate and uh, you have to fight these cookie monsters and so they soup up a regular old Jack and then he gets some super skills and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movement of the character. Basically, you can jump and re-jump and grab on to things. And as far as an Android game goes, it was uh, pretty smooth and and a little bit different than what I'm used to as far as your abilities to, to uh, move around. I will say I really do like the art style. Yeah, it's a 2D side platformer. I'm going to guess touch controls. Yeah. See, I would like to download this just to see if external controls work because I just like when I don't have to have my fingers on the screen because I always feel like I'm missing something by having my fingers on the screen. I think that they but yeah, I mean, I think you could. I, I would imagine this would be a game that would be pretty good with a It's just I was going to say like this. This is like unbelievably like smooth butter smooth looking video and I'm going to guess you don't need to have you know a thousand four hundred dollar phone to have it run fine Doubtful, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, for the limited time that I played it. It was it was actually quite fun. Yeah, I wish Google made it mandatory. They had to put in their description whether or not it supported game pads or not. Dang it! I'll just send them an email, Dor. I'm sure they'll put that in there. That sounds like work. I'm American. And sarcasm. <laughs> work and sarcasm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I'll say this in 2000, either the story is the game or who cares about the story? It's all about the gameplay. It seems like everything is polarized, not just political parties, but games are either one extreme or, or the other. It doesn't seem like there's too many sitting in, sitting in the middle. And I love the fact that the name of the company is rebel twins. Very good name. Yeah. It's not as good as hamster on Coke. No, that might be the best. (laughs) (laughs) That one uh, sticks out as uh, the most memorable in my mind. That's what she said last night. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mm, Moving on. Yeah, I think that uh, we're right at the uh, two-hour mark. Okay. Ivor, do you uh, have any parting words? Uh, No, well, I've missed you guys, and thanks for having me back, and um, thanks to everybody for uh, listening in. Got any any apps? Send them to us. We'll we'll put them on the show. Yeah, I think there actually was an email that I think I can't find. So I'll just say out loud, whoever sent the email, thank you very much um, for all the support and all, all the feedback. Uh, Pete Barini. Do you have any parting? Sorry, Pete Pete Barini mm-hmm. sent the email. Gotcha. Okay. Um, do you have any parting words before I do the uh, roll up of all the shows there? Um, yeah. Were you gonna do the app list? Or do you want me to? Yeah, I have it up if you want. Okay, either way. Um, yeah, uh, again, it was good to be back. It's been a while. We apologize for the inconsistency. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, iron that all out. Um, 
it's good to have Ivor back for the most part and send us some emails and if anybody has any any uh suggestions as far as as uh smart watches go geared more towards tracking running and uh the and podcasts basically podcast playback offline podcast playback uh shoot us an email and let me know that'd be great so other than that we love y'all um Dor, did you okay. did you mention you were going to share a link to articles that you share around first it's right in the very top of the youtube in the very top of the youtube uh description is a link to what's oh, called so stuff and it has the link yep. to everything i don't have much of a memory at the moment i'm afraid that's no problem uh, I definitely want to thank Eric for coming out in the chat, Red for coming out in the chat. Uh, I think we had like one or two more people. Sorry, I missed you uh, for being in the chat. But again, uh, Thursday nights is when we do this thing. We try to broadcast that we are going live on all of our platforms. The easiest ones for us to broadcast on are Facebook and Twitter. I try to broadcast on Discord when I get a chance. I'm not perfect. Um, but uh, or you could just subscribe to the YouTube channel and you're n- notified every time that we go live. Um, uh, I will say thank you for everyone for supporting and for joining us live and for downloading. Uh, we're going to start this roll up with uh, podcast attic ad subscriptions. Then we have a collection of uh, photos of the Surface Duo. Then we have the pre-off, uh, pre-order the Surface Duo for fourteen hundred. Then we have the Doo Drop secure file transfer made in India. Huawei shipped more smartphones in Q2. Then we have UbiPort's open store for the PinePhone. Then we have Bill's Reminder-Track Payments and Store Receipts. After that, we have Microsoft Family Safety. Then we have i-Boating Marine Navigation Maps and Nautical Charts. Then we have Bubble Up, B-U-B-L-U-P. After that, we have Navcast-Where OS Podcast Offline Navcast. After that, we have A Day the Music Died. Google Play Music will go away by October. Then we have Concerts Arena-Watch Music Concerts for Free. Then we have WST Snooker. Then we have Morris Code Reader. After that, we have Spurn Notification Manager. That is S-P-R-E-N. Spren? Spurn? Spren. I'm going to guess it's an Aussie thing. Um, then we have Harry Potter. Puzzles and spells, and after that, last but and least, we have <laughs> cookies must die. Uh, you can send us an email at aaa at podmas.com. You can send us a voicemail at seven zero seven six podmas.com. You can join us on any of those platforms, and if we're not on a platform that you are on and you want us there, let us know. That's the only way it's going to happen. Uh, and I want to thank Ivor and Josh for hanging out. I want to thank everybody for coming out live, and we will talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.